Welcome to another episode of Coos and Quinn, and it's September 26th, and we've got a podcast ready for you. Starting off the day, pregame interview. A couple days ago was the NBA Media Day. Anything stand out to you? Yeah, Kawhi Leonard. I think he's got his head on straight. I think he's ready to go. He looks great in that Raptors red. Um, I really liked what he had to say. I think he's all in on this season. Um, and why wouldn't he be? He has a lot of millions of dollars on the line at the end of it. And um, I think this team can do great things. I think he's ready to lead them. Um, Lowry said that he has Kawhi's back. So I think that, yeah, everything's looking good for our Raps right now. How about you? The major takeaway I got from the NBA media day is that Masai Jerry is a top-tier GM. He's walked the walk, and he's talking the talk. He's doing all the right things. He's showing that he has balls to make decisions, and as well, is putting his foot down and standing by his decision. I've watched a great interview with Tim McAuliffe with him. It was a one-on-one interview. If you're a basketball fan, I'd tell you to go search it on YouTube. It's a great interview. He basically talks about his entire summer, his thought process during his trades and firings. It's an overall just great interview. And I really liked how he said that Toronto is now a destination that is exciting for superstars. That's exactly what you want a GM to say. Going to Kyle Lowry, though, I was a bit disappointed in the way he was acting. He was acting a bit petty. And I think he should be excited to play with Kawhi. Sure, he said he was, but it didn't seem like it. It seems like he's still sulking that his best friend got traded, which is tough for him. But at the same time, you got a top five talent on your team. It's a business. Two other things stood out to me at media day. A, God, the Lakers look good. And B, Lance Stevenson's very funny looking. Going over to the NFL, this past week, Baker Mayfield had his debut, and he got a W for the Cleveland Browns. How amazing is that? The Cleveland Browns won after over 600 days. It's absolutely amazing. I was running around my house yelling, the Browns won a football game on Thursday night. I couldn't believe it. Um, Mayfield was as good as advertised. He looked like a first overall pick. Uh, I think he's going to be a great quarterback in this league for years and years to come. I've thought that since the moment I saw him playing college. I thought it was definitely the right choice first overall. I think that Hugh Jackson and John Dorsey are very confident in it. I'm glad he's going to be the starter the rest of the way. Tarah just wasn't cutting it. But my God, he looked good and deadly accurate. And that's often an issue with the rookies is accuracy. But 17-23 to 23 with two drops, that's almost a perfect QBR. He seems to get that first touchdown pass. He's out here catching passes too? What? My God. Second team All-Pro, maybe. What do you think, Chris? Great debut from him. I think that the Cleveland Browns should have gotten a W earlier and earlier on in the season. But I'm kind of glad that they waited. Not that they waited, but that it was Baker Mayfield, the savior, the the one to get them their their win. And he, like you said, he looked spectacular. And I'm really excited to see what he can do. And being a small guy, it's inspiring to see a great small quarterback. (laughs) Going over to the other world of football, Luka Modric was recently named FIFA Best Player. Did he deserve it? I think he did enough to win the award, but no, I don't think he deserved it because, well, I mean, he broke a 10-year streak that was held by Ronaldo and Messi, and any club accomplishment that he has... No matter which way you swing it or want to look at it, the main guy on that club 
was Cristiano Ronaldo. But his, what he did in carrying Croatia to the World Cup final was very, very impressive. So if anyone was going to break the streak, I think that he did. I guess, I mean, he's a good guy to do it. And I also, I, I see a little bit of a situation arising here where Real Madrid's almost becoming like the Patriots. Like, you leave us, another guy, you know what I mean? The moment, the year Ronaldo, because if Ronaldo was still in Madrid, realistically, I think that would, I don't know, I'm not saying that swayed voters, because realistically they shouldn't care. But, I don't know. It seems like, you know, every time a guy leaves the Patriots, it seems like someone else fills his role, and now they're in the Pro Bowl game. Maybe that's, maybe, oh, are we going to see, you know, next year's going to be another guy from Real Madrid winning the FIFA Men's Player of the Year? I don't know. He's a very talented midfielder, but I think it should have went to Mbappe. I think oh, that... Oh, come on. I'm, I'm being serious. Come I think on. that World Cups are huge. Then in that case, it goes to Modric. He was the best player in the World Cup. Anthony. But he didn't win the World Cup. Oh, come on. And I don't think he, you could say he was the best player in the World Cup. I think that Mbappe was the best player. And they didn't want... But he won the Young Player Award, right? Yeah. And they're not going to give the Young Player Award and the best player well, his to the same person. Well, his didn't do anything, though. This is a year of football. This isn't just one condensed tournament. That's very true. And Modric did have a good year, but like you said... His club status is always going to be a bit tainted with Ronaldo there. And I think that Mbappe showed this year that PSG is his team. I think Mbappe will win a few of these. I don't think he has anything to worry about. That's true. He's still very young. Sticking with soccer, Man United look like they're in a bit of turmoil. Jose Mourinho has stripped Pogba of his captaincy at Man United. It is vice captaincy, but for now he has been the captain, and he's been. It has been taken away from him. Do you think it's a big deal or not? Well, I think Mourinho's trying to do anything and everything to save his job, and I don't think it's going to work. Um, I don't think his players want to play for him anymore at all, and I don't think anything can make that man happy at this point. Uh, the club's underperforming, and I mean, realistically, his time in the soccer world is it's winding down. Like he once said about my great Arsene Wenger, he's stale milk. He's just gone bad. And I'm, I agree with you. I think his time's done. And it kind of just shows what type of person he is, what type of manager he is. And Pogba has been very critical of Mourinho recently. And I think fairly so because you look at Pogba's World Cup. He had a great World Cup. He was the main midfielder with Conte there. In, for France, and he was pinging balls left, right, and center, dribbling at defenders. He was playing like he was on Juve again. But with Mourinho at Man, Man United, he's he's a shell of himself. Mm-hmm. He he is just more contained, and he doesn't have the freedom to roam. And I think that really hurts him. Switching back to the NFL now. There's been a lot of controversy over the roughing the passer rule, especially with Clay Matthews. Do you think the NFL has messed up by changing the rules, or is it good for the game? I think it's good for the game. You need to protect your superstars, and those are your quarterbacks. Uh, we saw Aaron Rodgers, his teammate, go down on a hit last year. Um, I think it's a great rule they have in place. I think the same thing about the headshot rule. I think it's great that they're implementing these things. And everyone forgets that maybe five, six years back, after Sidney Crosby went down, NHL fans and players were going nuts saying that their new headshot rules were ridiculous and that uh, it was unfair to players because they didn't have time to realize what they were doing. 
And now if you look at the NHL, their concussions have gone way down, and you don't see guys hitting the head anymore because they enforce the rules. And I think the NFL, uh, next year if they want to take a harder stance, one game suspension when you when you get kicked out of the game for hitting a quarterback. Uh, they got to get rid of these types of hits in the game. And I think they're doing a great job. And I also think it's really hypocritical of fans because <clears throat> every time the NFL doesn't do something, they say, oh, they're doing nothing for player safety. They don't care about their players. They don't care about the rights of their players. Well, you know what? They're taking a stand to make sure that the most important players in their league don't get injured. What do you think? I think this is very funny. You made some good points, but this is also coming from a, a guy who was a high school quarterback <laughs> that you know would would have liked that protection back in his playing days. I I do respect that they are trying to protect their star players, but I do think it does affect the integrity of the game. I think that football is supposed to be a rough sport. It's the most violent sport that's mainstream. No matter for what. sure. It's barbaric. But at the same time, some of these calls are absolutely ridiculous. And there's been some great memes out on the internet of what the roughing the passer rule is, where you place the quarterback on the ground gently and all that stuff. And I think that I think the rule is needed, but I think they, they need to sharpen it up. I think that it needs to be more clear, and it, it, it's it been affecting the defensive players very much. I think Adele once said it best. If you're going to let me down, let me down gently. And she was talking to Clay Matthews. <laughs> Moving on to our halftime team talk today. This past weekend, Tiger Woods won the tournament. He was close to winning the FedEx Cup. Justin Rose just won, just got a birdie to win it. And you know what? On our last episode, you predicted that he was going to win the tournament. I did. I predicted that Justin Rose was going to win the tournament, but he ended up winning the FedEx Cup. So, you know, we're both right there. No. I'd say we were both right. (laughs) But anyways, this has been a major comeback for Tiger Woods. One of the biggest comebacks we've seen in sport. Like, this guy was dead to rights. It was only so many months ago. He was getting arrested for a DUI. He thought he was in California, and I think he was in Florida. Like, this guy was not even human. Even Jack Nicholas tweeted the other day, like, I can't believe the comeback you've made after all the surgeries you've had on your back. The way you're swinging is amazing. And it was vintage Tiger, because all year he was kind of in tournaments, but he kind of was making a surge on the Sundays. But that's not how Tiger wins. Tiger comes out from day one and dominates, and that's what he did this time. And I just love to see it, and all the fans following him down to the green on 18 was just awesome. Even Phil Mickelson uh, this week has said that he's amazed at how well Tiger is swinging the club. And you know what? He said it in his own interviews. He... He wasn't even sure that he was going to be able to live a pain-free life. He said that it hurt lying down, sitting down, and walking. That's how bad his back was. And he came back to win a ch- uh, tournament. And it isn't considered a major just because there was only 30 uh, golfers in the tournament. But it was a big deal because it was the 30 best golfers for the season. And... The thing that I loved about this comeback is it made people that I wasn't expecting to be a fan of golf to pay attention to the that, to the tournament. My sister's 
friend, a 16-year-old girl who probably does not play much golf. I saw it on her Snapchat story, and it was a picture of Tiger Woods with the goat emoji. And I was completely shocked that she would have it on her story. And that's the thing about Tiger. He makes the game of golf a whole lot more exciting. And the sport kind of lives and dies with him. It does. No one carries a sport the way Tiger Woods carries golf. Uh, again, you see every celebrity's Instagram story on a day when Tiger's in contention is Tiger with a goat emoji. It's it's incredible. And then golf's just so irrelevant when he's not the guy. And that leads us to the big question, because this season's all but done. Uh, we have the Ryder Cup, and then he has a round for $10 million, a casual $10 million against Phil Mickelson, in which he'll slaughter him and win $10 million. But <clears throat> will he win another major, and will he win more than one other major? Because he needs four to tie Jack, and he needs five to surpass him. And you know that's why he's still golfing. Yeah, he even said that winning 80 tournaments was a huge uh, accomplishment for him. And I I think he can do it. It's all about him staying healthy at this point. Because you know he has the skill. You know he has the mental uh, strength when it comes to this stuff. Because golf is a huge mental game. Mm-hmm. And... He even said that this tournament, when he got it on the green, he knew he had it won. So there's no lack of confidence there. It's all about being healthy, and he's got to be one of the favorites going into the Masters. Next April? Yeah. Well, we'll see how his offseason goes, but yeah, he has to be. Um, yeah, like you said, he's just he's hitting the ball. He's swinging the club incredibly well for a man of his age, let alone a man who's been through what he's been through. He's a way different golfer than he used to be. He's changed his swing apparently four four times. Yeah, it's completely incredible what he's been able to do. If you think of any other sport, if a guy redid his shooting motion four times in the NBA. And he doesn't even have a, a, a coach at this point. It's all him. He's just doing it himself, yeah. Which is another, it shows how great he is. Another, like, way. Yeah. Going into this Phil Mickelson $10 million round or uh, match play. What are your thoughts on that? I mean... Pay-per-view. I don't know if I'm going to pay for it. If you want to split it, maybe. But um, <laughs> it's a... Yeah, it's something to do. It's at American Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. yeah. It's something for people to do when they're sitting around in between football games or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I think it's good. It's good entertainment. It's two old guys having fun. Two of the all-time greats. Both top 10 all-time, I'd say. It's fun. It's a good time. I mean, if, you know, if... Uh, MJ and Kobe or something of that equivalent did a little one-on-one special. I think everyone would tune in. It's fun. The fact that it's for $10 million makes it a little more exciting. I don't think Phil has a shot. Tigers just in such a... They're on completely different wavelengths right now when it comes to golf. Like Their trajectories are in polar opposite directions. But, I mean, hey, anything can happen in the round. But, yeah, I, mean, I think it's a cool idea. There's not much else going on for those guys. Well, what else do they have to do? Exactly. I, I like it because it does build more excitement for golf. And as I get older, I'm starting to to enjoy watching golf a lot more. As a young kid, everyone says, oh, it's so boring, it's too long. But now that I've gone into it, now that I've been playing more, it's a whole lot more exciting. And I think that this, with Tiger back, it really can inspire a new generation of mm-hmm. golfers. And I think that's important because it, it does seem like it might be slowing down. But there's still good talent around. Oh yeah. Who do you think would is going is going to carry the sport of golf 
when Tiger's gone? Do you think we even know who it is yet? I think a lot of us thought it was going to be Jordan Spieth. I mean, he has established himself as one of the greats, but I don't. He's not going to carry the sport in the way Tiger did. Um, do you think it's the? Culture? I think he's the closest thing we've seen to Tiger. Do you think it's the culture of golf that they don't have many individuals that stand out because they they have to be very uh, respectful, very by the book, walking a straight line. They don't have much many opportunities to show much emotion, right? And Tiger does show emotion, and that's part of his appeal. And do you think that's a reason why golf isn't as popular on TV as well? Yeah, I mean, they're all tight-ass Republicans, and then when you get a guy who's not, it's very nice, and it's a nice break, and everyone talks about it. (laughs) And if you look around some other leagues, uh, the NBA has thrived in recent years because guys express their personalities. And a lot of the guys who become more popular in the NFL are the ones who aren't like that. You know, the Cam Newtons, the uh, Odell Beckhams, who will express themselves. So I do think it's because the guys have no personality. And that's why as I've grown older, I've become not disinterested, but less interested in hockey than I used to be. Because, you know, I watch LeBron James in a post-game interview. Then I watch his hockey equivalent, Sidney Crosby, mumble into a microphone. And it's just not as exciting. And that wraps us up. That's the end of our halftime team talk. Those are our thoughts on Tiger Woods' comeback. And we're excited to see what comes up next for him. To finish up this episode of Coos and Quinn, we're going to go to our closing bets. Quinn, would you like to start us off? Sure thing. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield's going to carry his success over to another week. I got the Browns over Oakland. I don't know if John Gruden will ever win a game. Um, I think that the Rams will beat the Vikings on Thursday Night Football. I do think it'll be a close bout, but I do think they'll continue their success. They're the team that beat so far. The Ravens have actually surprised me. The Steelers have too. The Ravens because they're better than I thought. The Steelers because, my God, they're a dumpster fire. I think the Ravens will beat the Steelers. Last week, I took Oregon to beat an undefeated Stanford team. I was wrong. This week, I'm not going to make that mistake. And I think they're going to continue their undefeatedness over also undefeated Notre Dame. I think Liverpool will beat Chelsea in the Premier League. And you, Coos. I'm picking Chelsea over Liverpool. I think people are blowing smoke up of Liverpool's asses too much. They're way too overhyped. And no one's talking about Chelsea. Chelsea are undefeated as well. And I think that they're going to keep it that way. Sorry's very underrated. And I think he's a tactical genius. I'm going to pick the Browns over Oakland as well. I trust Baker Mayfield to get the second win. And... He's going to start to get overhyped after that game. Absolutely. I'm picking USA in the Ryder Cup. Tiger Woods is coming off of the tournament win. They also have some other studs on the team. And Europe only really has Justin Rose, so I'm picking USA. I'm going to pick the Houston uh, Texans over the Indianapolis Colts. I think that Deshaun Watson is going to get it done. I think he's finally going to get a win on the for the for their record. Because I think it's about time. With all that talent, they should be winning games. Mm-hmm. And going back to the Premier League, I think that Man U is going to continue in their slump, and they will lose to West Ham United. That's been an episode of Coos and Quinn. Our opening and closing song is Eye of the Tiger today because of Tiger Woods' win this week, and we'd like to thank you for listening.